On today's episode, we have Jeff Coyle. He is a data-driven search engine marketing executive with more than 20 years of experience in the search engine managing products and website networks. Jeff is also the co-founder and chief product officer for Market Muse, where he is focused on helping content marketers, search engine marketers, and agencies, and e-commerce managers build topical authority, improve content quality, and turn semantic research into actionable insights. Before joining as co-founder at Market Muse, Jeff owned and operated his own inbound marketing consultancy and managed the traffic search and engagement team for TechTarget, a leader in B2B technology publishing and lead generation. But before we talk with Jeff, I have a couple things for you today. Today's podcast is brought to you by Robinhood. Your free stock is waiting for you. Go to pepperstock.com slash offers, click on Robinhood and claim your free stock. And you can get up to $5 to $200 worth of fractional shares from America's leading companies. Of course, limitations apply. It just depends on what you do and how you get signed up. But um, you can also get up to $500 in a year from referring friends. And everyone gets stocks. You're guaranteed a stock when you successfully sign up and link your bank account. But you want to keep building your portfolio. Keep in mind, 98% of the rewards will have a value of $5 to $10. But every piece helps build your financial future. And why Robinhood? Robinhood provides commission-free investing, plus the tools you need to put your money in motion. You can sign up and get your first stock for free. Of course, limitations apply, and other fees may apply. But please see Robinhood Financial's fee schedule to learn more. Go to peppershock.com offers and select Robinhood to get your free stock now. Now it's time for our marketing essentials moment, the things you need to help you build your brand and your bottom line on this marketing expedition that we are all going on together. So today's marketing essential moment is all about content marketing. And really this is the whole podcast and what it's about when talking with Jeff. But I wanted to take a moment to just tell you if there are things that you want written or that things that you need done and you're unable to do it yourself, we can help you with that. And so what he his tool is all about is seeing the content that is good. And we have the team to help you with the content writing. So content marketing is really where um, we can take that strategic approach that's focused on creating and distributing that value that's relevant and consist- consistent content that will attract and retain your clearly defined audience that will ultimately want to buy from you. And so to really pair this up with his podcast today, I want to share that with you just to say that we do have some content marketing packages that you can use and or even do yourself. There's ways that you can go about it on the Marketing Expedition community, the marketingexpedition.com community. There's things in there. There's tools in there to give you ideas of things that you can do to help you in your content marketing strategy by reaching and engaging those people that you really want to make sure that you empathize with and step in their shoes. What kinds of things do they want to hear and read about and know about that you have to offer them? So you'll want to make sure that your products and services are being seen by those people and then they can share and engage and they ultimately can make a purchase or maybe they learn something from you. But every type of business needs some sort of way to communicate with their customers and potential customers on their websites and in social media and podcasts and videos and blog posts. All of those things are helping you to continue to build your search engine optimization 
and your consumers or your end users are really savvy and we want to make sure that they can get the information that they need so that they can make their own decisions about the products or services that they want to buy if they can find you on your website, right? They want to make those decisions online now more than ever and so you've got to provide them with that information that will help them in their buying journey and their decision making and so if content is something that you struggle with that you need help with there's ways to go about it whether you hire pepper shock to do it or other content writers they're out there in the world for you to to help you with your content and on a regular ongoing basis because it's certainly helpful in your business to be able to provide that information that people need right so it's it's just something that you can can do and if it's video content that you need to help um, with subtitles and all those things that are making it ADA compliant and helpful when people don't turn the audio up. Um, we can help with all of those types of things to help you gain more authority in your industry. Okay, so without further ado, let's go into the podcast with Jeff and you'll learn a lot more all about what we're talking about now in SEO and voice search optimization. Listen to the end. He gives you a lot of tips and tools and things that you need to help you in your marketing journey. Welcome to Pepper Shock Media's Marketing Expedition Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in marketing and advertising. Now, here's your host, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Pepper Shock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest, we have Jeff Coyle. Jeff, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Rex. I appreciate it. I'm uh, looking forward to the discussion. So, Jeff, just tell our audience a little bit about you and your background. And I I hear you've got quite the wide diversity of things that you do. But uh, let's just begin where your journey started. Oh, yeah, sure. So, um, gosh, my background, I've been in the content strategy, search engine optimization, lead gen, product management world since about 99, 2000. So, I went to Georgia Tech for computer science and started with my first uh, company called Knowledge Storm, where we were selling leads to software companies, B2B technology software companies. And these, this was in the day where, you know, it wasn't a guarantee that content, that, that B2B technology, even large ones, had content on the web. Um, so we were both convincing them that they should do that, as well as we were, you know, marketing those pieces of content, like, you know, brochureware at the time, let's digitize your, your content, and get it online type of stuff. Yeah. Um, so we were selling millions of leads a month to B2B technology software com companies. We were acquired in 2007 um, by Tech Target, who is a large uh, publisher of B2B technology content, as well as B2C um, in some areas of technology. Uh, where I worked um, and stayed on with them for a little bit over seven years, almost eight years as their in-house lead. Uh, you know, while I was there, I, gosh, I've, I've, I had a consultancy uh, as, as most in-houses do. Uh, and then, but I ran AB multivariate testing, um, paid organic uh, content strategy advisory, um, you know, M&A consultation um, and, and really anything that involved traffic going to a website and turning into something that somebody wanted, um, my team was probably in charge of or responsible for. Um, since then, I, um, at the tail end of my time there, um, co-founded MarketMuse and MarketMuse is a content intelligence platform that sets the standard for content quality. Um, and so having worked with kind of everywhere that I was just talking about it, 
And I saw the manual processes that go into content strategy and that go into content creation and updates. Um, and my dream was that everyone involved in those projects was getting along. Um, and a lot of those manual pieces of manual labor would go away. Um, and my co-founder built the original technology that evaluated a concept and said, if I were an expert on this concept um, and I were covering this topic comprehensively, what would this, what would it ideally look like? And then what would it look like if I were, had that represented on my entire website? Like I had all the concepts covered that would make me exhibit my expertise ideally. Um, and we've turned that technology into a platform for content strategists, for content marketers, for um, you know anyone that cares or is part of the team that gets content onto websites, um, and you know turn that into a, a thriving uh, a thriving business uh, where we're you know powering you know one person shops and and you know small businesses all the way up to you know six out of the top ten um, publishers in the world. Wow. So what are some things that you've learned along the way that uh, you wish to share with everyone to say, you know what, if I would have known this, then this could have happened differently or this could have happened differently? Oh, gosh. I mean, so many, so many pieces, you know, just t thinking about, you know, one from each kind of world that I've lived in, um, it, you know, one that really kind of speaks to me today is that, um, you know, in certain in search engine optimization, you've really got to be thinking about longevity. Um, you know, I've been in the space for 22 years since you know we were trying to you know submit URLs into you know web crawler and info space. <laughs> yes. You know, um, and uh, and Alta Vista, right? Uh, and what what I've you know I, I was one of the first people on the top of the empty mountain screaming about content quality um, and how like there's no there's no choice but for the search engines to make the change to care about quality to care about expertise to care about authoritativeness and if you're getting by or you're sneaking by or you're not focused on that or you think that you can game the system for the long haul it may be, it may work, um, but it's not going to provide a great user experience. It's not going to get you the leads that you want or the sales that you want for a long period of time. Um, and it's not going to be a great thing for your brand. Um, so I think that I wish I had had more of a uh, more of a way to show that earlier on, um, and wish I could go back in time and like describe how I would have positioned that argument back then. Cause I think it would have been a lot of an easier road than just, yeah. you know, screaming into a hallway. And, and some of the things that I would include would be, you know, a lot of times those, that advice of, you know, here's the trick, here's the system comes from people who don't necessarily care about a brand other than maybe their personal brand. Um, and, um, and so if, if you do something that, you know, you get by and you have a big spike in performance for, you know, as even if it's a year or even a two years, one and two years don't matter much to a, a established brand, right? And what if uh, after that period of time where you had that, you know, that caffeine blast, well, you, you crash and burn. Well, you can't do that if you work at a company 
you know, a major brand or a major business. And, um, you know, a lot of times this type of advice um, both, you know, tarnishes the reputation of the industry, but it also um, isn't reasonable for a, for a brand that has the expectation of being around for the next 20, 30, 50 years. Um, so taking those risks um, makes no sense. And then it also just doesn't provide the experience that um, their prospects or their, you know, even their existing customers would expect from them. Um, so that's something that really, really means a lot to me. It's, it's you know, building out um, plans, especially for content that tell the story that the brand is the expert. They're the, they're the person you want to go to if you don't even know you have the problem. If you know you have the problem, you know, that early stage awareness type, they're the person who's going to give you great advice, um, you know, throughout the journey, whether you buy something or whether you don't. And, you know, give you the, you know, whether it's a learning journey, whether it's a purchase journey, um, and then they'll be there for you after you buy something, uh, you know, for post-purchase troubleshooting or kind of like how to become a power user or champion development, like content that is what I'm seeking out if I've had this thing for a year or if I'm continuing my educational journey, you know, like my brand, if I'm truly representing my brand, well, whether I'm a publisher, whether I'm a, you know, a car or whether I'm a sock, you know, <laughs> I'm the person there that's providing that insight. And I think a lot of people lose sight of that, or they're only looking at one stage of the funnel, or they're not thinking about pre-purchase and post-purchase. And they, they, um, uh, they're not thinking, not putting themselves, they're not putting the, you know, that being very empathetic with their messaging um, and, and thinking about how somebody's going to consume the content that they produce. Right. What do you think the top things that people should think about before they even begin with the website, or maybe they're going through a rebrand or redesign or something, what are some things that they need to consider in search engine optimization? And, and now there's so many things, right? There's voice optimization, there's search, there's mobile. I mean, what are some of the things that you tell people, okay, before we even begin, we need to consider these things? Oh, the first thing is make sure the mirror is super, super clear um, on who you are today. Um, and how you exist. And the reason why I say that is because you could have a site that's gone through multiple migrations and it has trauma um, and there's like skeletons in the closet. Um, you may have a site that's extremely low quality now um, and you know, you're gonna have to go through a migration. Um, and that's a big piece of you know, and, and something you need to invest in. And people don't really typically take note of that. They know that there's something to it that they might need to re do a redirect or two, um, but they're not taking stock of everything they are. And everything they are is that technical side, but it also is what they're about. So the topics that they have authority on really, really matter um, as part of that process. And when you're saying like, where do I have strengths? Where do I have you know, no coverage? Um, where do I have situations where I wasn't following through with my content? You know, I was saying, maybe I was doing stuff that it was a little bit too keyword focused and it wasn't, you know, telling the story of that which an expert would tell. I need to know all of that um, so that I can craft the best content plan or content strategy. Um, at the same time, time, I need to think about my, my, you know, prospect personas and my buyer personas, who my, if I'm a publisher, who my audience is, and I need to plan for content 
on each topic that I care about that covers all the personas and the entire journey. So if I'm focusing on like beginners, right? People that have no existing awareness, I still need content awareness, consideration, purchase, post-purchase and, and uh, advocacy. If I'm also focusing on an industry or industry specific content, if I'm focused on experts, I still need to cover that entire journey with what I built. Um, so the combination of who am I today because that will give me a good lens on quick wins or how much investment I need in content is a big deal. So if I can get away with just writing one great piece on something and I'm going to win, great. But I may not have that existing authority. So even if I go out and write the best piece that's ever been written, I have no chance. It's going to take me a year, two years of hard labor. I might not know what that labor is if I don't have this level of um, you know, acumen in search. Um, but the worst case scenario is I go publish this article, these great pieces, and they have no chance. So I invest all this money and there's no expectation set. There's no predictability. Um, so the plans that I would typically look for somebody to, to focus on are, you know, what, who are you today? How much authority do you have? How much predictability do you have in outcomes of publishing? Um, and then don't think that you're going to get away with one page for one word. That was really never a great idea but it certainly hasn't been something that you could do for the last decade. <laughs> um, and uh, you're going to have to build that foundation. Um, you know, the example I always uh, joke around about, you can go write the best article in the world about the new iPhone. You know, you write your best review. It's a hundred pages long. You can go publish it on your brand new domain and you can watch your clock and it's going to be a real, real long time before um, you know, that starts generating organic search traffic. I mean, you go publish that same article on, you know, CNET and it would be one of their best articles and it will be the highest, most performant article. The reason for that isn't just links. The reason for that is because they have existing authority, they have existing expertise, they have existing trust on those concepts. And so they have the privilege of being able to be successful there. So who are you to have your review be considered the most important one? right? You've got to be thinking about that when you're analyzing and getting ready for a new project. And if you don't have any site, it becomes a very, very significant competitive cohort analysis. So you're looking at effectively everything that's out there. What were their trajectories? How much needed to be published? What other factors were in play so that you can, you know, get the right budget? The thing with content is most folks don't have any way of setting expectations for the content. So they don't get enough budget or the right budget. And then they spend without understanding how long it's going to take for them to be successful. So what are some tools or things that you can share that people can use to see how they're, how they're performing, how their websites are performing? Oh, sure. Um, so the, you know, um, obviously I am the co-founder of a software as a service company um, yeah. that is a content intelligence platform. So it tells the story of, who you are, where you have strengths and weaknesses. Um, basically, you can use it to understand how much content you need to create um, and how likely is that to perform, but then go all the way to execution. So building content briefs um, that act as a single source of truth for your writers. Um, they tell the story of what questions need to be answered, what topics need to be included, what internal and external links should I include so that the writer can focus on the things that they're good at. They can focus on writing. They can focus on building a great narrative. They can focus on production value. You're not asking your writer to do keyword research. 
or you're not assumed to do persona analysis, right? Um, and you know, you let let the person do let the persons do the job that they they want to do. And what we're often doing is asking people to do jobs that they're not good at, and it slows everybody down. It creates problems on those teams. But what we also provide is insight how to make pages better, um, how to make content better, how to, not just from a standpoint of organic search performance, but comprehensiveness. Um, so if I were writing an article about content marketing strategy, and it doesn't talk about target audiences, it doesn't talk about buyer personas, how much of an expert am I really if I never mention those things? Um, and so what that does is it, it differentiates me from the pack. It differentiates me from low quality content. It differentiates me from maybe keyword specific or SEO content that's low quality. And it really gives me the information that I need to put my best foot forward as an expert. Um, but other solutions, you know, I think every, every team uh, of any size in search needs a rank tracking solution. Um, so if you're monitoring and managing uh, a pool of topics uh, and the words that live within those pools, you need a really great rank tracker. Some of them that I would look at, Nozzle is a great solution for mid-market to enterprise for rank tracking. Um, you really want to be looking at something that gives you access to competitive analysis information. Um, some of the um, uh, kind of lower end solutions for that, Ahrefs, Ahrefs, uh, SEMrush, or similar web uh, would provide a little bit, uh, there's a little bit higher end as far as pricing for a competitive uh, analysis, really uh, agnostic competitive analysis. So it's not providing anything personalized. Um, so where we provide a great then add-on to those solutions mm -hmm. um, is we provide more personalized information. So I can tell you how hard it will be for you to perform mm -hmm. here versus just how hard it is generally. Um, and that nuance can be a tremendous accelerator. Um, yeah, but yeah, those would be things to be thinking about. From a technical side, um, Screaming Frog is a really great offering because it can, um, you can you know crawl your entire website and it will give you insights as to any um, issues you may want to look at if you're starting a new site that may cause you to have a migration problem uh, or uh, to have a non-performance site from a uh, technical side. So those would be ones yeah, setting up a pretty good stack uh, from a lead management side or those types of things I can get into. Uh, but one I'll, I'll give the audience a, uh, one to check out is called Mad Kudu. Um, I'm a big lead gen person. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the first solution that I've used that, you, that leverages artificial intelligence to uh, predictively score leads. Um, and I think that it's kind of one of the next best, next big things uh, is that company. It's M-A-D-K-U-D-U, -U, worth checking uh, out. It, all these names, all the names that everyone comes up with these days, it's just always oh, fun yeah. to hear them. <laughs> I, I, I just always am looking for reconciliation in any marketing, um, you know, any, any hypothesis in marketing. I, can you reconcile it? Can you attribute it? And I think that right now, a lot of people have, they struggle with, connecting their work to value. Um, and lead gen is a great example of that. The intent data market, where it's like you get a surge from this company and it's like, okay, well, is that a placebo? Did that make people sell differently? Or, you know, content is a great example, right? People mm -hmm. read that content and then did they read more content on your site? 
Um, did they become a lead? Did they then become a customer? That may, that journey may take a year. It may take two years, depending on, you know, the process and how long that, that is. It may be two days um, if you're selling, you know, uh, shoes or socks. Um, so you got to know how to attribute. So I love any solution that's really trying to be the sheriff for attribution. And that's why I love Matt Kudu because it, it takes a, um, uh, a predictive lens to lead gen and says, how likely is it that this person is going to become a customer based on all the data that I have access to in your CRM system, in your marketing automation system, in your uh, billing system, in your you know, demographic system. And it's, and it's about all the things they do and also their demos. Um, which is pretty special. So when you combine a solution like Market News, um, you know, to be able to attribute um, and give value to the content you create and grade it objectively, um, and then you are grading your outcomes objectively, you truly get a team that can work together. Um, and, and that's big difference than like, people looking at a list of leads and going, hmm, these are good, or hmm, these are bad, or someone saying we should write this article, and it's all from subjective. Um, I like a great mix of kind of expertise and subjective behaviors, as well as kind of a source of truth in the data. Um, and that's where I think teams can really level up. Tell me about uh, some success stories of things that you've done with or that you've seen when people, you know, put these tools in place. Sure. Um, I mean, the, the one I was just talking about, the lead side, it's, it's uh, you know, we are one. <laughs> we are, um, we were able to um, refocus investment in, inside our team um, outside of kind of lead qualification and, and put it in and invest in um, account management, invest in um, uh, more consultative uh, behaviors because we kind of could tell the difference between a good and someone who was further along in the cycle. Um, but as far as from, you know, our client's perspective, um, we have, I like to say we kind of have too many case studies, so it's hard for me to pick them, which is a, a luxury to have. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a mixed bag, it's a mixed bag of different things that equal a win, because content is so, um, it, 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 it's so, it's so different from a publisher to an e-commerce site, um, maybe an affiliate site. Uh, or a small startup, or yeah, everybody has their own journey with content. Um, so I like to kind of reference that no matter where you are and what you're focused on, we're okay with that. Um, but, uh, you know, we have startups that have gone from being able to put two pages out per month with no predictive analysis to being able to put 20 out with the same team um, while increasing content efficiencies by six to 10x. Um, so what I mean by that is content efficiency is one of the most important metrics. So that would have been my other, like when you said, what, what do you need? You need a content efficiency metric for yourself. It's how much content do you publish or how much content do you update and how frequently do those items achieve their goals? Um, so most people, the average is about 10%. Okay. Now everybody's brain just broke and like 10%, that sounds terrible. And <laughs> And so that when you ask somebody, how much does content cost? And they say, you know, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars. Um, and you're like, okay, but you're 10% efficient. So how much does an effective content page cost? And they're like, uh, uh, a couple thousand dollars. And then their brain starts working. It's like, oh gosh, 
What if I were able to only publish content that had a chance to win? What if my efficiency rates went up 30, 40, 50%? What does that do to my business? Um, and that's the journey that I have with people like every day. I'm like, okay, well, you published 10 articles in the past quarter. Um, only one of them is providing recurring value still. Um, that means you think content is about 400 to $500 investment per item. It's actually probably a lot higher, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, but then it's actually about 10 times that. Um, and then, you know, you wipe away the tears and you realize that that's your first step. It's understanding your own efficiencies. It's picking winners, you know, it might be quick wins, but it also might be, I want to grow my, um, I want to grow my presence in this space. And I know that I have to invest in 30 articles or, you know, and update 10. And then I know that I'm going to get to this over this mountain. Um, but it is not uncommon for us to update content. That's the quickest win. When you go in and update content, we can typically take a company um, with a you know reasonable uh, uh, content inventory, a couple hundred pages, even a hundred pages, as long as they have some authority, um, and drive 20, 30, 40 percent growth in the first you know three to six month phase, uh, where we're just updating content, mm-hmm. um, and then you're looking at the next phase is just really revving up efficiencies, where it's like how much content do we need to create? Are we able to predict its outcomes? Um, so that when we publish, it's, you know, we're knocking two out of two out of 10, then we're knocking three out of 10, then we're knocking four out of 10. Um, and the, what that does is it creates outcomes that are silly um, in their numbers, because it's like, if you, you know, if you're, if you have one winner out of 10, and then we go up to five winners out of 10, um, or we're able to pick the ones that it's like swinging a weighted bat, you know, we know what's going to perform. Um, but it really does change people from you know, hoping their mm-hmm. content's going to perform to having a lot more confidence. But what, what I dream about is having content confidence um, in, and everybody understanding that the thing that they're working on has a great chance of being successful. So many teams, unfortunately, the stuff that people work on, they have no idea whether it's going to be successful. So it's real easy to become apathetic um, and just kind of get the job done and write something that's suitable for publishing Mm -hmm. um, and lose your love for the piece because you're you're not necessarily getting that gratification even if it's not short term or long term Uh, but it's not uncommon for teams who adopt the kind of focus on expertise to see those types of wins um, at a startup all the way to publisher and what I'm also trying to do for large publishers and make is make them bulletproof you know like competitors are tough. Um, and, uh, you can't always be focused on everything if you're doing a lot. Um, so I want to put content out there. That's really hard, um, to, to, you know, overcome. I want to put something out there that's equal to, or better than my competitors every time. And I want to put stuff out there that's truly differentiated mm-hmm. because then that page can last the test of time and can withstand a couple of attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, from the competitors, which I mean, that's the reality in publishing today. It's like it's it's just a war in, in the red. There's a lot of red oceans um, and there's not a lot of blue oceans left. Gotcha. What would you say to somebody that um, is interested in, in the career in, in getting into SEO? What kind of advice would you tell that person? <laughs> I would tell that person, gosh, a lot of things. Um, but 
what I would tell them is it's, it's okay to not know everything. You can still have a great career and get it going. You can get going quickly. What I would say is if you don't listen to folks who are giving advice that is a system or a guarantee or that they're giving you inside knowledge that only they know, um, or it feels like it's a little bit of a trick. Mm -hmm. um, that's the stuff that isn't going to give you the foundation you need to be successful for a long time in this business. It's going to be, you know, you're looking at, you're trying to get away from sensation um, and try to understand the, the hard work. Some of it's automated now, some of it's not. Um, but what I would also give is, you know, there's a lot of really beautiful people in this industry um, who are willing to give a lot. Um, and they can be found on, there's good, and SEO Twitter is not all bad, right? I know there's a lot of, a, a lot of stuff you got to peel back, but, you know, the, there's a lot of people who will give. Um, and if you're putting yourself out there, um, communicate where you're at, what you, what you would like to do. Don't overstate your skills, you know? Um, and what I think you will find is that there's a lot that will come back, um, to you in return. Uh, and, um, as far as literature, um, Stefan Spencer and Eric Enge's book, um, the art of SEO is a really great, read for anyone getting started. Andy Crestadina's content chemistry from a content side is, it's a, it, it's a, a couple of years old, but it gives you that good framework. Um, and like I said, stick with those types of resources mm -hmm. um, and trying to build your network and, you know, get on some Slack communities, um, jump on Clubhouse, jump on Twitter spaces, um, just ask ask, ask people, uh, for those types of insights. And I think that what you're going to find is, um, that you'll get a lot in return. Excellent. Wow. That's a lot of good, good tips and information there for people to, to glean from. Thank you for sharing Jeff. Um, anything else that you'd like to share that might be helpful or useful to our audience who are going through their own marketing journeys. And if they want to use your tool, those types of things, go ahead, share us, share with how we can use it and what we can do. Oh yeah, certainly. Well, first thing is I answer everything. Jeff at marketmuse.com. Um, Jeffrey underscore coil on Twitter. Um, you feel free to DM me or, or shoot me a note uh, there. Um, also have a Slack community called the Content Strategy Collective. Um, feel free to reach out and, and for an invite there. We have 1,500 of the world's best content strategists and search engine optimization professionals in that Slack group. Um, and we have uh, two offerings, which I'll say, you know, if, if, if you're a, a small business or a smaller agency to go check out, we have a free offering. It's real best price, right? Uh, to go check out. It's all of our applications, uh, it's limited usage, but go check that out at marketmuse.com. Um, and our standard offering is um, ungated access to those same applications. Um, if you are part of a kind of a middle, uh, mid-market, uh, or a startup that's growing or a larger organization, uh, check out Market Muse Premium. Um, you know, just check it out on, on the site. We can set up a custom demo for you. 
Um, and uh, yeah, those are the things to be looking at. I also recommend right now the big, big movement is, um, you know, everybody's, there's a lot of information out there about natural language processing and uh, expertise, authoritativeness and trust. Um, so if you're getting into this or you're trying to understand where you can really differentiate your brand, um, focusing on eat right now and really thinking about whether your site tells the story of expertise is, is a big differentiator. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Excellent. And, you know, we are thinking a lot more about voice search optimization too. Tell me a little bit about that and kind of how those things are coming into play now with Alexa. And if I speak too loud, my, my Google will, you know, chime off. But I just was curious in your world, like, what are you seeing? What are some trends going on now in, oh, in voice? Great question. Um, so one of the things um, I joke around um, about is I say the word intent way too much. I'm trying not to, because I say, <laughs> if you listen to anything that is user intent, you know, explicit intent, fractured intent. Um, but the reason why I bring that up is because one of the easiest to identify a tense intent is a question. Uh, it's usually very, very explicit intent. And it's part of a mission of a piece of content, or someone who's searching for something. So typically, someone who's searching for a concept you can break that concept down into um, semantically related topics, as well as a collection of questions to answer. And that's why we construct our content briefs that way. Now, trust me, this is going to get back around to voice. Um, so, um, and, and it's also what, you know, you'll see in a featured snippet quite often um, is an answer to a question. A simple question could be, what's the capital of North Dakota? right? It's Bismarck, right? You know, that's what we call a no simple intent, K-N-O-W simple, no simple intent. Um, you may also have uh, responses that aren't no simple, that have proposed answers. Um, and so the reason why I break it down that way is because you need to know what elements of your content can be marked up as answers to questions. So you, there is actually schema behind the scenes in, in your content that you can mark up as FAQ or frequently asked questions or question answer pairs. That can give you um, additional ability to perform for certain query types. You also need to structure your content so that you're separating um, no simple intent with just awareness phase or no content. I know that's a little jargony, but let's just say, using my example, what's the capital of North Dakota? It's Bismarck, right? Somewhere on your page about that, it should have that, you know, that clear answer, the answer you would want Alexa to read mm -hmm. if somebody were to ask it. That may be on a page that's like your, you know, guide everything you'd ever want to know about North Dakota, right? But that component is what you want the search engine to identify as the answer to that question. So first of all, you need to elegantly answer that question. You may weave that into your narrative, but you also want to explicitly answer that question if that fits editorially. Um, so for the, the reason why I back, I go all the way back there to voice search, voice search is typically 
a explicit intent question and a no simple response. And then the other type would be a ambiguous question with a proposed non uh, proposed uh, non simple or complex res res result. Um, it's a little bit harder to win, I think, but it is easier to win on those explicit intent questions. So, you know, who, how many Emmys did Ted Lasso win? There's an explicit answer to that question. And my intent is clear, right? Mm -hmm. Versus if I just say, Alexa, Ted Lasso, it's going to go, okay, you could be asking me what time it's on today. It could be asking me what this show is. It could be asking me who that, who the character is, you know, Jason Sudeikis character, right? It's ambiguous or fractured intent on that query. But if I ask an explicit question mm -hmm. that tells explicit intent, okay, the punchline there is have the content that answers that question. That's how you win. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that for sure. I think those are some <laughs> things that people are going to need to continue to, to incorporate into their websites for, for sure. I mean, it's not going away. <laughs> One thing I would say is I have a questions application. Ah. So you can type in any topic and it will tell you all the most important questions to answer on that topic. It's specifically built for that task. Oh man, that's great. Okay, we'll have to check it out. I'm curious yeah. to check it out too. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for uh, sharing all of this wonderful information with us, Jeff. And we'll be sure and put your links in uh, the show notes and everything as well. Um, but yeah, take, thank you for taking us on this journey and uh, sharing more. And it's just scratching the surface, I know. But uh, you also have webinars and things that you do. Is that right, Jeff? Yeah, we have a content strategy webinar series. Um, and if you go, if you type in content strategy webinars into Google, hopefully we're number one. Um, but, it, you know, go check it out on Market Muse uh, on the blog. There's a, we, we publish uh, quite often about content strategy topics, um, how to use data to your advantage. So go check out those two things. And, um, and I, you know, we, we do about two a month uh, on our, of our own. So fantastic. We'll have to check those out too. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. And for our audience, of course, the best thing you could ever do is give us a review or share this with your friends that you know that need to hear all of these wonderful things that Jeff had to share with us today. Thanks again, Jeff. And for those of you listening, enjoy the journey. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Find more online at Peppershock.com. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.